0: Hey, I'm Michael, and this is Michael in the Middle. It's an intergenerational relational podcast for people who are interested in better human interaction. I'm glad you're here. Episode 43, I uh, I, I am really glad about this one. I'm, I'm loving them all, even to a certain extent the ones that i do by myself but i sure like it better when i have somebody else on the other side of the screen and that my friends is a joshua cobb uh, josh it's great to have you here um you're on the you're on the back deck at your house
1: yeah man got the cows in the background but they're not out there yet but they come around <laughs> in the evenings
0: <laughs> what kind of what kind of hours do cows keep these days
1: <laughs> i would say that about five to seven
0: they're Right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, it's a beautiful background. And uh, I know you guys um, recently moved from Oklahoma back to the Cincinnati area. Talk a little bit about that uh, in the context of of your own family there. Um, but um, just by way of, of background uh, for people who um uh, you know may not know either one of us very well. Uh, I mean folks folks who've been following me on Michael in the middle for a little while know that I'm prone to tell stories of, uh, or to bring people on to tell their stories that I've been familiar with for quite a while and and I could I could literally say that I've known you all your life.
1: Um Yeah, you mom, know the you know the beginning, the middle and the end of this
0: whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, your mom and, and her family uh, came to our church when I was, I don't know, probably about 10 or 11 years old, and, and the Lunsford family uh, were just a legendary part of uh, of our lives there in Oklahoma. Um, I, uh, I remember what fun it was to drive out to Dawson's Feed Store uh, out there on the way to Mustang, Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, and you're... Your mom and her uh, uh, younger sisters, Tinka and Toby, they had the Lunchford Trio and they they made a, a record, you know, in the early seventies or that. I just thought, wow, that's pretty cool. I, I knew all these traveling people that would come in and sell their records, but there was this family in our church and these girls were making a record. Um, your family, both sides of your family's been making music for a long time. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell the folks that, um, you know, when your mom and dad were, were dating, they both went off to, uh, uh mid America Nazarene college at that time up in Olathe, Kansas. And, and so they're trying to figure some things out and, um, your dad actually lived in our home there, uh, sort of Western Oaks Church of the Nazarene for, uh, I don't know, a few months. Uh, my wife and I were watching the Jesus revolution movie. I don't know if you've seen that, but about the, the, the dawn of, you know, kind of the contemporary Christian music movement and the big big wave of things that happened out with uh, Greg Laurie and Chuck Girard and those people out in California and, um, and featured in that movie uh, was the group love song. They were kind of the worship band in this, hippie jesus movement that was going along and i kid you not my first recollection of contemporary christian music was an eight-track tape that your dad had that had love song on it that the group love song and so i'm thinking this is circa 1974 maybe when i'm here and uh it was just the coolest thing to hear music like i might hear on the radio set to christian you know and your dad was the one who kind of introduced me to that um
1: yeah my dad so, had a great voice and was a very talented singer piano player yeah, he's, oh, man, he, yeah. I mean, he still has a great voice <laughs> shouldn't sure. say had but yeah
0: yeah no wow no. and um so just you know your your mom and dad get married and they're singing together and they start having kids tell me about your family you, you're are you are you the are you I'm the, the middle, middle child i'm the
1: middle child. Yeah. So I I got an older brother Billy, he's a he's a mountain of a man. I mean, <laughs> you know, his wrists are as thick as you and I's ankles. <laughs> he's just he's just a wonderful specimen of humanity. And my sister Audra, she got her master's in opera from the Boston Conservatory of Music uh, a few years ago, and she's like just this, this brilliant coloratura soprano that can sing. Everything that you know, like those divas do, and uh, I you know, I just sing gospel songs, I sing songs about Jesus, and try my best, <laughs> but um, but yeah, growing up in the we we lived in a 50 or a 40 foot travel trailer, you know, we went from camp meeting all summers long to revivals all the rest of the year, and and mom and dad would just preach and sing. As best they could and and they could do it
0: really good that's that's fantastic um you uh you you have uh i i don't know it's uh it's it's an interesting thing to to look back on um you guys have kind of been singing together forever right yeah
1: i mean i never stopped but um, you know, Audra and Billy both took their own path. Billy went into the, you know, roofing and construction business. Audra went into the opera and teaching business. And I went to Olivet in uh, the year nineteen ninety seven. Met my wife there, and um, we have been doing ministry ever since.
0: Yeah, you know? Beth is uh, is musical herself. She's oh yeah
1: (laughs) she's way better than i am at music i mean she can she can sight read you know like Rachmaninoff or or Chopin or Beethoven or whatever you know she can (laughs) she can but she can also after you know we've been together for 26 years we've been married for going on 20 years this year um she she can follow me when i and i'm like you know oh he touched me oh he touched me and she just you know maybe i'm behind the beat a little bit she would just fall right in there right behind (laughs) me and she can read you know chopin and you know she can play claire de lune like she's ringing a bell
0: which uh probably uh speaks to her level of intellect that allows her to be also an incredible researcher what what what's she doing
1: well um she worked for Chil- uh, Cincinnati Children's Hospital for about eight years, um, and then she went to um, Arkansas. To this uh, diagnostic company brought her there to be the COO, where she brought to market a test that where you can just prick your finger and you can know if you got COVID or you got diabetes or you got, um, you know, cancer or AIDS or any kind of STD or any kind of, you know, any kind of test if you just prick your finger and it about 15 minutes later you know if you got it and she she's like probably well she i know when she was 14 she took an iq test and she had 180 was her IQ? yeah so she's real smart and she plays piano and um, (laughs) i I fell in love with her 26 years ago
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. And you yeah. have a son, Judah?
1: Yeah, he's he just graduated high school. He's going to college this
0: fall and um I I deal with uh I deal with hair envy when I'm around jo- Judah. He he uh he's got he's got that <laughs> hair. He does. That, it's huge. Yeah, it looks like Robert yeah. Plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Rolling, I mean
0: yeah, from the yeah. When when uh, when I was younger, I had a nice mop of hair on my head, but uh, <laughs> those, those days are in the rearview mirror. So when did you know you could sing? Well, Michael. I, I, I didn't
1: have a choice, Michael. It was either sing or get spanked. <laughs> <laughs> if I was like, I don't want to sing, maybe Mama would give me a little beat. So, yeah. No, I, I, I think what you're asking me really is like I think about the age of fifteen. I can hit the notes of the guys yeah. that I was listening to.
0: And that's and about who, who, who were some of those influences on your vocals?
1: Well, um, my dad, you know, did all the Steve Green and Larno Harris songs from back in the day. Like, he holds the keys. Yes, yeah. my Jesus. You know, that, and um, Larno had like, if you love him, all in favor say aye.
0: Yeah, really you
1: know, yeah. So I had a I had a pretty good education with those guys when I was younger. But um I'd say the first time I really knew it was when I was in I, I went to Olivet and um I was in a quartet there and we were doing some Bill Gaither vocal band songs and
0: yeah. I
1: could I could actually do it and I didn't even know I could, but you know, it was the first time anybody ever asked me to do it and I and I pulled it off and that was that was when I knew I was like I think I could do this for my rest of my life. <laughs>
0: yeah. And and here you are. Um we yeah, try- uh we'll, we'll get we'll get to that gator thing a little bit later 'cause uh I wanna wanna play a clip from something that just happened recently for you. But um you uh you mentioned uh Audra and and uh Olivet. you guys were up there both singing in different groups for all of that Nazarene university and you're on your way home from, uh, from all of that to Oklahoma. Um, and, uh, I yeah, mean, we had a, a big of, bad wreck. A lot of people would remember, you know, that the Ford Explorer and the tires that were on those Ford Explorers back in the, what was that around 2000? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you guys were involved in a, a really traumatic and tragic accident, uh, We'll uh, we'll drop the picture in here for those who are um, watching. Um, but uh, Audra Audra took um, a, a real bad tumble. No no joke. I mean it, she was she was uh, thrown from the vehicle. Right or were you both? I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, no,
1: I, I mean I wasn't, but she was. Yeah, the third roll. We rolled six times, and on the third roll, she was thrown out and uh, when we stopped rolling i my girlfriend at the time beth who's now my wife i was like beth are you okay and she said yeah i'm fine i was like audra are you okay and she just wasn't there and i looked at, out my window which was crushed i mean cuz my side had taken like the the brunt of the rolling and i just i just ran out I just got out of there as fast as I could, and I saw her in the headlights of an oncoming semi truck in the middle of the highway. oh no and i I sprinted about probably two hundred yards, grabbed her, picked her up, and turned sideways and That was like all I could do and this truck just went bloom flying by this semi truck you know he didn't even he couldn't see us because it was dark, and we were coming it was around a bend in the road as mile marker 44 or 840 uh, on 44 and on i-44 it was it was awful man and then what the most beautiful thing about it was though that i'm i'm just looking at her slapping her like saying stay with me stay with me and then some guy out of nowhere walks up and says hey can i put a tourniquet on her leg and i was like yes please do that sir and he did he put a, she had a compound fracture of her femur so she was you know bleeding out of her leg there and he put that that tourniquet on her and then never saw him again don't know who that was and uh to this day she says you know that was that was her angel that mm. that showed up in the moment of need and uh, and i believe that and and the funniest part about it is my wife still gives me uh gives me some guff about it she's like because i I had this Eminem CD because, you know, this was this was like 2000, you know, and I had this Eminem CD and I was like, oh, man, this is why this happened. Because I was listening to this devil music and I just threw it out there. (laughs) (laughs) And I know I know now that that wasn't that was the case. But, Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was there was so much going on back then. And I was like. So I had just auditioned for legacy five back then um i was a junior in college and uh, a buddy of mine was teaching at the uh uh, an elementary school in like you know wherever close to olivet illinois you know and um he was like i got a four-track recorder bring beth we'll 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 uh, record it onto a cassette and we'll send it to scott and roger and i did and and that's how i got the job with legacy 5 you know i sang some of my dad's old medleys and and um and that was how i got the job with legacy 5 and dropped out my junior year right after that so there was still some probably some ptsd i hadn't processed yeah you know
0: and um so it's good to go directly into uh, gospel music full time when you're still, you know, struggling with some others. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean. Where you're out on the road and you're in a bus and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was, that was intense. But at the same time, I feel like, I feel like God was totally in that, in that moment because, um, that's when I recorded the song, I stand redeemed, which to this day still, you know, like it, it, people come up to me and are like, I sang I stand redeemed with my choir this this week, you know, and love that. I mean that's twenty three years ago. Yeah. That people are still loving that song. So So, I, so you
0: were you were what? Uh how old? But were you 20, 21 years old, diving into that full time? I,
1: I was nineteen when we started when we started when really? we did the record and stuff. Okay. And then yeah, I was like twenty and twenty one. And then
0: yeah. And and you're you're not only you know, getting into the, the gospel music that way, I mean, you're, you're coming in behind the cathedral. I mean, in that the, the cathedral, a couple of the guys were in cathedrals and they. Yeah. George,
1: on. George Johnson, Glenn, Glenn Payne, they were the, you know, the backbone of, they were the cathedrals and the younger guys that were, um, you know, continuing on after they retired were, you know they were in their like 30s and 40s at the time and you know I was a teenager <laughs> and so it was a it was a it was a it was a really awesome aspect of my life but at the same time I wasn't ready for that you know i mean it was it was a little bit you know too much for me at the time because i went straight from a nazarene pr group quartet to You know the the Legacy Five. (laughs) It was, and we and we we were we were on fire, man. It was we were crushing it.
0: What uh, What did it do to you to move from that kind of stuff where you're in churches? Of course, you would hear applause and those kinds of things. But well,
1: this is what I love about your your show, man. Is like the middle. You know, the middle of that was like me having to come to grips with the fact that I was an evangelist and I became an artist. Yeah. In the, you know, and I didn't I didn't really have the tools to know how to how to um become an artist. I, I was just uh and, and, and to be honest, like the guys I'm working with today say the same thing to me. They're like, hey man, you know, you're you're great live. Live, you you really make the people hear what you're saying, and God, you know, I, like, it's, I, I don't say this, but people say this, like, you know, you have an anointing that comes happens when you sing live. In the studio, it's just like, yeah, I can hit really high notes, and I can, and I'm, I'm pretty good, but the anointing is not there in the studio. It's only there live, you know.
0: You think, I think that's, I, I mean, I, I think some of that has to do with. You know, a, a recording studio. Anybody who's ever been in it has to be sterical, sterile. Sterile. Perfect. To be, yeah. Perfect. It has to yeah. Be, has to be flat so that you can do all the mixing that you need to do later on. Yeah. And um, and I, I think that's the difference between a studio and a, and a and a live audience because you're getting immediate feedback. You're sensing what people are experiencing as opposed to trying to imagine what people might experience when listening. Um, I don't think I don't think the artists and the evangelists are mutually exclusive you know kinds of terms yeah I, I think I think you can be both I think you are both but I like that you you drew that out and that you began to recognize that you know kind of at a, at, at a young age um you know I mean uh, how much of your personal experience, do you think has impacted you as an artist and as an evangelist? What I mean, we don't have to delve too deeply into your story necessarily, but um, you know, you you've been you've been through a lot in your life, even some some, you know, traumatic events within the life of the family after the accident and that sort of thing. Um, how does that how does that impact you when you sing a song? <laughs> well, I, I think the the
1: most the most important thing to me is that you know, a connection is made between me and the people listening to the song. And there are times when I, you know, I'm, I'm I, I, a lot of times uh, when you work for a a quartet, a quartet or like a group that, if you're the new guy, you got to work the table. You know, like you're, it's your job to <laughs> be up there. Um, you know, selling the CDs and stuff, and that gives you a chance to really connect with the people and and there are times when like you know i'm I'm, i come up to the table after a show and some dude with like a handlebar mustache walks up and i don't know if he wants to punch me or you know like kiss me or punch (laughs) you know like and he's like listen man when you were singing that song there was, there's been something in my heart that has been blocked for a long, long time, and when you sang that song, it completely was um, you know, it it was unblocked, and and I'm I'm feeling free, and I feel so good, and thank you so much for being here tonight, and, and that's the moment, you know, where like it's all been worth it, yeah, all, all the all the things you've been through all the things you've had to deal with and process in your own mind, they don't have to do that. They just get the boom, knock it out and (laughs) the the blockage is gone and they're free. Yeah. And I I love that. That's my favorite thing about singing.
0: That's so cool. How do you keep it fresh when you're singing the same song?
1: (laughs) That's a good question, Mike. Um, I guess you know. You just you just kind of think about who's in the audience tonight. Where are they coming from, and you just you know use those the little tricks you have that where you can pop, pop a pop a high note or something. And those are those are some of the tricks that you do. But but really, it's just about being being uh, available you know, and letting God change. Maybe, maybe you were going to, you had a whole set planned, but then somebody comes up to you at the table and, and talks to you about a song you did 10 years ago. And, you, and oh man, I got, I got, I got to put that in. I got to put that in. The <laughs> I,
0: I, I think you really hit on something there when you make yourself available. Yeah. And sort of vulnerable when, when the lyric hits you, in a in a real way, it, it's going to translate better to the the people that you're singing to.
1: Oh my um, gosh, my hair's all messed up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I do. I don't. I don't like to talk about it, man. I don't. I don't. I don't know what it is. I just love when the Lord does something special.
0: That's awesome yeah um we uh we 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 have um times in our lives where um you know you're rocking along things are things are going pretty well or at least they're manageable and then you know like the wreck other things you know end up popping up and and you you know things that kind of come out of the blue and and, and you, you have to deal with them, you know, and all of that, yeah. uh, you know, um, the, uh, the pictures that, that we can show of, of your younger life, you know, looks like the perfect family and everybody's going great and all of that. And your parents are incredibly gifted in so many ways. I mean, your <laughs> mom has become by, by what I know. From people in Oklahoma, one of the best, you know, counselors, you know, anybody can go to to process their, their stuff. You know, isn't that but awesome? Some of, some of that was born out of her own life experience or stuff, right? I mean, I I absolutely love your dad. I remember him so fondly, but um, you know, he he uh, and your mom came to a point where th- they weren't together anymore, and um, you know, I mean, that's just reality. Don't you? part of, of of what what you kinda of deal with you know without going into detail about yeah. all those kind of, I mean well how's your how's your relationship with your parents say well I
1: I would love to just have a relationship with my mom where she was just my mom. But she's so good at counseling people and <laughs> that's what she's done that you know she's kind of my therapist a little bit in, in the sense that yeah you know yeah. she's always there for me she's been there for me at every every time i've had anything cool in my life you know she's always been like i'm flying in i'll be there and and she's always been my advocate you know i some people say to make it in this business you have to you need a manager and a booking agent but to me I think you need an advocate, someone who goes before the people and tells them what you can do and how you can do it and what you're gonna do. And she has been that for me in in every aspect of my life and career. And I love her for that. and I love her for so many other things. but sure. my dad my dad, you know, he kind of he kind of taught me how to do what I do how to hit the high notes, you know, and then at one point, but, you know, in his, when he, when he turned about 51 or so, he kind of, you know, he just had a, he had a, a, he kind of switched the game up, you know, and decided that the ministry wasn't for him. and, And that was difficult for me because that was all I knew. Yeah. And, um, you know, he has he has a proclivity that I do not share. But I understand that that's his proclivity and many other people's proclivities. Is that a word
0: proclivity? Is that it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good word. Yep. yeah. And so. For too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, and I, I, I just I love him for who he is and for what he's done and there are so many people that are going to go to heaven because of him and the 30 years he spent you know doing what God wanted him to do and I don't know that God's not done with him but you know I, I love him and I and I have a good relationship with him he lives in Dallas and he's singing still to this day and um, but it was difficult to um, to wrap my head around the the way he he processed he processes life and, and the way he yes. wants to live his life. And I don't have a a bone in my body that wants to be mad at him. I have I have a a, a side of me that would really Prefer for him to have, you know, loved my mom and still be with my mom and everything. And I, I wish that for her. But, you know, uh, uh, man, there's so many people in this industry that are the same way. And I love them all too, you know. And I, I would never say a bad word about any of them because, because sure. Jesus loves them more than I do. <laughs> so, That's-
0: I, I don't know how it could be said any better well I've um, been
1: trying I've been trying for a few years to figure out how to say it. so hopefully I did a good job'
0: you, you, you're, you're living it well um, it's uh, it, it's one of those things where there are things that we probably will never fully understand and at some point we we have to move past saying the words that we think we ought to say about. <laughs> trusting God with the outcome of different situations and actually really just leaving it in God's hands. You know, I think you, I think you gave voice to that very well. And um, hey, hey, hey,
1: I, I would love to sing a duet with him someday, you know, because his voice is so beautiful, man. He's got, it, it's kind of, it's got that Barbra Streisand quality where it's like people, people who need people. You know, it's got it's got so much drama.
0: He does. Yeah, I remember. I remember that very well. You know, uh, I uh, I I have memories of your mom. Uh, not only, you know, being a strong woman, even as a young woman, um, but she had a she had a lovely voice in her own right. Uh, knew how to blend well and and uh, and yet she was she was she was tough on the basketball floor I remember driving to Weatherford Oklahoma I I think it was Weatherford when she was playing high school basketball for Mustang back when they when it was three offensive and three defensive players some people wouldn't even know that that's the way women's basketball operated for a long time you you had six players on the floor, but the offensive players couldn't go past half court to play defense. <laughs> <and> the defensive <laughs> players could go, and and you you could well imagine that your mom was was mostly on defense, you know, <laughs> and oh, yeah. stealing the ball and getting it to the girls who could go down and put it yeah. in the basket and all that. I I I, mar- I, I married like, one just like her. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Hey and you know what? Uh, Actually, tonight toby is coming to stay with me uh uh her daughter deborah is getting married soon and so tonight toby and katherine her daughter are coming to stay with me at this house and i'm i'm gonna be able to hang out with my aunt toby for the first time in a long time and you remember how she used to like she would do the like tumbling and stuff she was like the mascot for the for the team back in mustang oklahoma
0: yeah 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 that's hilarious and then uh the the three girls had a had a younger brother, uh Jim Bob. We all knew we always knew him as Jim Bob, but occasionally I would hear Edwin holler out James Robert. James Robert. That. He was he was in for some kind of discipline. Um uh,
1: best <laughs> as, he was the best athlete I've ever known. Life, that, guy, really? that Yeah, that guy could he would do a backflip death drop off of a you know, a forty foot tree in the air. I mean he he would <laughs> It would jump off the barn like it, you know, was nothing. That that's guy, fantastic. On his sixty-year-old, um, on his sixtieth birthday, he did a handstand on the roof that he had just delivered the shingles to, and he's—he he is an athlete.
0: That's and amazing.
1: That's where I got. That's where I got these. these
0: guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, um, looking looking at your family and how they work through a lot of different things over the years your brother Billy was was an all-star football player in high school and and uh if not for a a, a really unfortunate injury during his senior year he probably would have played college football who knows he might have ended up in the pros yeah uh, he and he and Becky have a great family you know my, my yeah family. four
1: kids yeah her their youngest is a freshman at OU in Oklahoma That's University amazing. this year yeah.
0: yeah
1: and you know his his uh his his uh recovery from the drug addiction is absolutely one of the greatest stories of all time. This guy, he's he's my absolute hero. He's he's always been the the strongest man I've ever known, and I'm just so proud of him and mm-hmm. his the way he's come through. I mean, it's been 14 years since he kicked his addiction, and and yeah. he's still just going strong and stronger than ever.
0: Love that guy. That's that's a great great story in and of itself. Maybe worth a whole podcast someday. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, Uh, Audra's Audra's story has turned out well. She's fought through all the physical (laughs) to be one of the great operatic voices, really in middle in the middle part of the country there in Oklahoma City, right?
1: Yeah, she's teaching at SNU now, and um, I mean, she got she's got three kids herself, and you know, just to think that she could walk again was something we never thought would happen and um she she slowly but surely got herself back to a place where she could walk but then this year she had a procedure done on her on her ankles where they straightened them out cuz she used to just have to always be prone like this but now they've flattened her ankles out and she can walk and i mean i have heard the joy come back in her voice and it's and she's going to be, she's, she's a better singer than me. Like she's way better than I am at singing. <laughs> and so I just can't wait to see what she does over the next couple of years.
0: She and her yeah. husband um, yeah. gave, um, gave our son Austin um, a, a computer that they were kind of done with. <laughs> uh, Cause Austin's had gotten stolen. And during a pretty important time during his his journey out there in LA having that computer really made you so, you know, in in a way you can, you can tell, you can tell them that, uh, you know, they contributed to the, to the, the rise of, of, you know, Saturday night live cast member.
1: uh, (laughs) He's so funny, man. He, he just break he, he, he cracks me up, man. It's, it's, it's uncanny what he can do i mean there's
0: no limit to what he, since it's incredible yeah well, we'll, well you know we'll see about all that i it's been fun to watch i mean i it's fun to go to his shows you know i yeah. never know if, what he's going to say or if i'll need an apology or whatever but i i love what he does he's he's brilliant um he sure is <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you uh, to To talk a little bit about what your journey has been to the the recent point of uh, being involved in Gaither Homecoming thing out in Tulsa recently. So from Legacy Five, you 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 were with them for a little while, and then didn't you end up with Gold City? Yeah. I mean, those are two of the biggest names still, you know. Uh, in, in the in the gospel music business at, at some point though you kind of step back away from from traveling with those kinds of groups for a while
1: yeah I mean um I think there's a you know it is a certain aspect of there's a certain aspect that goes with that you know and i i I certainly appreciate it now more than I did when I was younger um but yeah, I mean, Legacy Five, we had I Stand Redeemed, big song, and people still to this day, you know, come up to me and talk about that one. Um, Gold City was an awesome experience. I mean, just legendary bass singer, Tim Riley, man, just an honor to be able to share the stage with him. Um, however, I'm just, I'm not really, I'm not really the, that guy, you know, that sings tenor in a quartet. You know, I I love it, and I I'm good at it, but I'm all, I also I, I have a heart for communicating songs to the people that need to hear them, and in, and you know they they have hits that you have to do every night, you know, and, it, <laughs> yeah. and it's hard to, I mean, like guys like Brian Free and Jay Perrick and um you know Ernie Haas I mean they were singing like I mean you you there's nobody else on earth sings higher than those guys do and I'm trying to do it in my chest voice which I don't really have like a falsetto or a head voice like they do you know like they can be like um oh what ha say ya yeah. I don't have that, you know, like, I have to be like, oh, what a save. Yeah. And that is hard to do. It's like, it's like, um, so I think that there was just, you know, it was, it was an awesome time and I could do it at the time, but to try to do it now, it would not work. And so, uh, what happened with the Gaither thing is that, um, well,
0: I'm. don't skip oh. over the the Daily oh. and Vincent thing because didn't that kind of get you back into? I mean, uh, I've got a I got a couple pictures here when when you were with uh, Daily and Vincent at uh, Ryman, and, and you you know we were talking about your mom there for a while. My mom who died, uh, you know, uh, will be two years at Thanksgiving. Um, I, I mean, my mom loved your mom like literally, like she was, you know. A, a daughter that she never had and, and oh, they, she she, yeah, she didn't have any daughters. So I think they, that she, yeah, she did they, do that. And they were fun together. They had fun together and, and, uh, you know, try to get Rob to drop this picture in of the of the two of them outside the bus, yeah. you know, there at the Ryman. Uh, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun that night to see you, uh, in action with, with a group, you know, that, It's primarily known for a bluegrass sound, but they were kind of trying to stress themselves a little bit. And what's interesting is this is my take on it. You were good for Daley and Vincent in a sense to, to, to be able to have the kind of voice that you brought to the table, but, but probably they were good for you too, to get your name back out there in a, in a different way. And, and now you've got a chance, you know, in, in launching a, a, a a more solo oriented uh, part of your career. I want to talk about the Christmas album that you've got coming out, but go to that, go to that whole thing about, I mean, yeah. it, it's no small thing to be featured on a, on a Gator homecoming video, you know? So anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, I would say that Daily and Vincent came at a point where I was just so excited to be back involved in, in music because I had just been doing churches and and, and they they got me into like theaters they got they got they were doing big performing art centers and it was it was such an awesome experience and it it really it built my confidence up which and and to be honest jamie daly and darren vincent have been so kind to me in a ways that that nobody else has i i appreciate them so much i mean I I honestly wouldn't have got to the Gaither stage without them. And I'm and I I just I'm so thankful that they called me one day. I was just in my garage working on my lawnmower and I got this phone call. Mm -hmm. Jamie Daly was like, Hey man, you you think about whenever you want to sing with us? And I was like, I I've never sang bluegrass before, but I'll I'll give it a shot. You know, and it it actually helped me focus. I it, it developed a tone that I'd never had before, which is like where you Kind of focus behind your eyes, and you can make this really bright. Instead of like, oh, eh, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, and it, that'll save your voice. You know, if you don't try to carry it up, you gotta try to drop down on it. That's something that Jamie and Darren taught me, and I and I I will love them forever for for how they treated me, and they they've been. I have nothing but wonderful things to say about them and their families. They are good people and they're, they're wonderful uh, examples of how to hire people and how to, how to keep people. And I would still be with them to this day if it wasn't for COVID. I mean, yeah, you know, COVID really, I had a 15 year old son at the time and he was a sophomore in high school and he didn't have a driver's license and he needed to be home. And my, my wife is like a, She's a scientist, so she yeah, had a, yeah. really important stuff to be doing and so somebody had to be home and so um uh, when COVID hit I had to come off the road and and um but I've been making records since then that like the Christmas record you were referencing and I've got that one. I've got a big band, like kinda American songbook sort of buble Sinatra style record that is awesome. also coming coming out this year. And then I'm going into the studio Uh, in about a month, to with a a producer named Michael Sykes, who kind of created he kind of created the like Gay Through Vocal Band 90s sound, like 90s sound. And I'm hoping that we can make um something really cool that will uh will touch the hearts of you know the, the people that like Southern gospel and that like contemporary Christian music, but maybe maybe they're not getting from Christian from contemporary Christian what they really want. Yeah. I think that I think that Michael and I are going to be able to um kind of hit that hit that spot. Uh, we
0: uh, we we in Christian music most of the music that's made now is, you know, praise and worship kind of stuff that can be sung in a church. Well, it's designed to be sung by people in church usually it's yeah. designed for people to sing from the stage and people in the audience cuz cuz some of those songs are just so hard to sing. You know, they're beautiful, but they're yeah. hard for them thing. Maybe maybe you get back to some songs that tell a story. You know that's
1: like- that th- yeah, that's the kind of the goal. We we've got some lyrics that uh Gloria Gaither wrote. <laughs> and in fact my buddy Woody Wright just sent me a song. Um that it he, he, he he's he's got access to like these old Gloria um like an archive of this yeah. stuff that never has been put to music, but and so I uh I think I've got I've got one of those songs that I think that
0: we're gonna record that's that
1: gonna be really cool. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned the the Gaither homecoming thing. We've mentioned that a couple different times. We've kind of teased yeah. it. I'm gonna ask my producer Rob Walls to drop in this clip from um I, I guess it was in early August that you were out there in Tulsa. It was last weekend. And- and you you get invited out okay middle of august you you get invited out to do your your solo shot you got about two minutes on stage and this is what happened So uh so what were you thinking when Bill pointed at you to to come on out?
1: Well to be honest, it was three hours and forty-five minutes into the show, and uh I was thinking <laughs> he wasn't gonna use me. And I was yeah. thinking, man, oh it's over, you know, but but he finally he pointed at me and he did this. And I walked up there and sang a verse, uh the there is a fountain, you know, it's the the verse, um There, since by faith I saw the stream, thy flowing wounds supply. Uh, Redeeming love has been my theme, and shall be till I die. And you know, I I did it as strong as I could. Hit the old B natural. Everybody kind of liked it. It was really one of the best moments of my life and just just to be on that stage with sue dodge and Ann downing sitting behind me yeah i mean yeah. that was awesome you know because i've i've admired them my whole life and i've seen them at district assemblies and, you know
0: my whole life it Do was you, uh, it was have you have you thought about the symmetry that you know is expressed you know in all the different things that you've experienced in your life and and the yeah. lyrics of that song, the whole idea of redemption and redeeming love. Um, I, I believe with all my heart, Josh, that that the story of God is primarily about reconciliation and redemption. And here you are still singing about those kinds of things. You've been through a lot. Your family's been through a lot. Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of uh, literal twists and turns and and ins and outs and ups and downs and all of that, but you're still singing as well or better than you ever have. And you're, you're, you're finding redemption through the music that actually, I think extends itself back out to people who also are in need of redemption. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's gotta be pretty cool for you, doesn't it? It is, man. It's, it
1: means so much to be at this point in the journey. I realize now that like, just being a, a, an open vessel that God can move through is cooler than, you know, than hitting that high note or hitting singing a lick that everybody is impressed by, you know, but being there in the moment with the person who is hurting and, and heard a lyric or a song that you were saying and, and they're touched by it and they that that's that's where i'm at
0: we've been so hot in most of america this summer you know all these story yeah. and temperature and all that i want to i want to wrap it up and uh and send everybody out with uh, a little bit of let it snow
1: because okay. i
0: love i love that cut so you like we'll it all right cool. we'll get to that as we as we head out but is there is there anything else that that you you know you might want to share just before we uh say goodbye
1: yeah, I'd like to share that there's 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 nothing in life that is holding you back. Anybody out there, it's never too late and and just believe in yourself. That's what I tell my son every day is and that's what I tell the people I care about. It's never too late. Believe in yourself because God believes in you and we're going to, you know, just we're gonna make it through no matter what. So just why would you not try as hard as you can?
0: Hey, uh, thank you so much for your time. Give my best to Beth and Judah and and I we'll, Will. We'll see you guys down the road somewhere. As always, folks. I close the the podcast with the uh, with what may be cliche to you by now, but get out there in the middle of doing something good for somebody else because it's gonna make a world of difference. I promise. Uh, just like the title of this episode. Um, uh, Michael in the Middle is all about getting in the middle Of making the world a better place One person at a time Uh, Enjoy this Little snippet, a tease If you will, of what I know is Going to be one of your favorite uh, Christmas records very soon Um, This is the uh, Great voice of Josh Cobb with uh, A killer band I'm, I'm impressed with the tracks on this
1: Hey man, these were all students and professors From the University of Oklahoma
0: that's like, so cool. Yeah, Boomer Sooner. Bo- Boomer Sooner. That's right. It's <laughs> almost football time. Let it yeah. snow.
1: Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned away down low, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate